0: My name is Ali. I'm a doctor
1: and YouTuber. I'm Taymor. I'm a data scientist and writer and you're listening to Not Overthinking, the weekly podcast where we think about happiness, creativity and the human condition.
0: Ah, that's fine. OK. <clears throat> Hello and welcome back to Not Overthinking.
1: Taymor, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right, actually. Uh, it's now been nine days since I've not left the house. What at all? Yeah. I went for a walk Damn. in the garden area a few days ago, but yeah, apart from that, I haven't, I haven't left the house. You are truly an inspiration to us all. Yeah, and today I, today I had takeaway for dinner, su- supporting my local businesses. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a great job over here, I think. No, man, I'm sure we all appreciate your service. Yeah. What about you? What, what have you been doing <laughs> in, <laughs> for the crisis?
0: Well, well, I don't know, man. I've just been sitting at... No. So I've just been on call... Friday, thirteen-hour shift. Saturday, thirteen-hour shift. Today, thirteen-hour shift. Which is why we're recording this at like nine PM at night. Um, also, uh, so basically, I'm gonna I'm gonna indulge myself a little, a little bit, but th- there is a point to all of this. So okay, when I'm on these when I'm on these long ass shifts, I, pretty much it's a case of get up, have a shower, go to work, come home, sleep, and repeat the process. But because I've uh, so I've I've been getting home around like sort of 10, ten ten thirty ish, going straight to bed. And last night, I, like, literally was in bed by, like, 10 p.m. So I was like, right, I need to wake up at half past six. I'm going to have eight hours of sleep. So I spent half an hour reading on my Kindle, starting a new fiction series, which was great. And then as I started to drift off to sleep, I had the thought that, oh, you know, for the first time in, like, five years, I'm going to be getting eight hours of sleep tonight. And guess what happened overnight? The clocks freaking (laughs) moved forward which I had absolutely no idea about. So I woke up when my iPhone alarm you know, went off at half past six, thinking, wow, I feel so refreshed. I've had eight hours of sleep. And then, you know, I didn't even have a coffee in the morning because I was like, you know what? Who needs coffee? I've had my eight hours of sleep. And I was completely fine in the morning. And then at lunchtime, I was sitting two meters away from one of my mates, Ruchira, and he was like, yeah, bro. So when the clocks turned back last night, that was really annoying. And I was like, you're shitting me. You know, the clocks turned back and everyone around me started laughing because I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I've been fooling myself into thinking I had eight hours when actually I only had seven hours. Oh. And so that made me realize that all of this whole this whole sleep thing, I think it's all a myth. I think it's all, a myth. I think it's all purely psychological. If you think you've got enough sleep, you probably got enough sleep. Yeah. And now it's a kind of... For, for the past few years i've I've been thinking i wonder if you know if i can't fall asleep at night instead like i should avoid looking at the clock yeah because then whatever happens i can fool myself into thinking that i've had the right amount of sleep whereas if i know i've slept at 2 a.m and had to get up at 6 it's like oh i'm operating on four hours and so you know that's a natural a natural uh
1: yeah I, I i totally buy this i think like Yeah, I think the whole, I think, look, it's nice that everyone knows that they should get eight hours of sleep or whatever, but now it's turned into this crazy thing where, like, if you haven't got eight hours, you feel like, oh, no, woe is me, I'm really tired, (laughs) kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah,
0: no, retweet that. I I had, uh, sorry, go on. I think the eight hours thing is, is interesting because, like, there was this thing I was reading the other day, which was like, you know, what's the first thought that you have when you wake up in the morning? Probably that you didn't get enough sleep. What's your first thought that you have at lunchtime? Probably that you didn't get enough done in the morning. What's the first thought you have when you get back home from, from work? You think, oh, damn, I've got to make dinner and do some emails, and therefore I'm not going to be present enough for my kids. And what's the first <laughs> thought? <laughs> and, and, and what's the last thought you have before going to bed? Damn, I didn't get enough done today.
1: That <laughs> was like, oh, crap. Even though I don't have kids, I can fully appreciate that sentiment. Yeah, that's like, that's like every day for me. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah, I think it's particularly annoying for me these days because I know that like... I know that I can make up for things like on the weekend, and in the, like I know that I can just make up for lost time at any point. And so I'll often work at less than optimum levels of productivity during the day because in my head I, I kind of know that ah, I can just work a bit later, or ah, I'll do a bit more on Saturday, or oh, I can do a bit more on Sunday. And I just kind of screw myself over by not being that productive uh, all the time, <laughs> rather than just like being really productive, you know, working flat out and then chilling out a bit.
0: Yeah, mate, this is Parkinson's Law in Action. If you've seen my latest video, which you probably haven't. Uh, I have not. I. Uh... But yeah, Parkinson's Law, that work expands to fill the time
1: that we allocate to it, of course.
0: Yeah. So you giving yourself seven days tw- times 24 hours to get your stuff done means you're never going to get your stuff yeah, done. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's really bad. It's really bad. I think that's like a, a big productivity, um, opposite of boost um, for me. Uh, but I had an interesting moment. I, I think another like... Anti-productivity thing that I just have been doing for many years now. Is that in my head? I kind of think that like past 11 PM, I just like shouldn't do any work or something. <laughs> I just think, well, nope, it's time for bed. <laughs> and, like even if I'm not particularly tired at 11 PM, I might be like fully wide awake. I'll, uh, I'll sort of mentally think, no, I can't, I can't be working this late <laughs> kind of thing. Um, but recently. Okay, is, is that a problem? Uh, I don't know. I think there are definitely times when I'm fairly alert and awake it could be working like no i've I've done some late nights this week but for example uh on friday night so two days ago uh the whole day i was kind of feeling like oh i you know i feel a bit burnt out or something um and i kind of decided to write the day off around like 7 p.m I was like, "All right, I'm not going to do any more work." <laughs> oh, the write-off principle. Yeah, yeah, the you have read principle. about in one
0: of my recent email newsletters. <laughs> that,
1: that, that's exactly where I got it from. So <laughs> nice, excellent. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. So named ask... after the famous German Franz Reitoff. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Is that an original? I'm actually working on. A, I'm actually working on a whole video, but yeah, because, like, so on a complete tangent, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, uh, get your story. Like, make this about When you. I thought about the write-off principle. I, I sort of spelt it R-E-I-T-O-F-F. And I kind of said in my email newsletter that it was named after some, some German dude. And so many people were like, oh, that's so interesting. And and like a lot of people got the joke. I think most people got the joke. Uh, but it's it's sort of a, a very, I feel like it's a very British phrase that oh, I'm going to write the day off. It's, oh, it's a write off. Oh, okay. It's not the sort of thing that kind of a non-native British English speaker would immediately appreciate as a joke. And so I've been thinking it'll be worth doing a whole like kind of video called the Right off principle about this german bootmaker from the 1850s called franz rightoff uh and kind of like weaving this whole narrative about how one day he decided to take the day off work <laughs> and how his principle has been like you know propagated through the ages that was, that was just my little bit what were you saying
1: Right. good luck with the video <laughs> thanks man i've Uh, heard heard that from you uh yeah i i I wouldn't expect this to be one of the hits but you know you should you should do it anyway uh what i was saying was that oh yeah friday 7 p.m i was like right that's it i'm not doing any more work i need to like um you know i need i need some hedonism and so i decided to watch a film uh and i uh i watched knives out oh it was so good have you seen knives out no dude so good unbelievably good and after the film, the, f- the film ended at like, I don't know, midnight, half half 12 or something. Uh, and I felt quite alert. Like I was still on, on like the post-film buzz. And then like as the credits were rolling, this quote from uh, one of my transaction analysis books called I'm OK, You're OK. Uh, this quote just came into my head. And, and the quote is one of my Kindle highlights. The quote is, what was once decided can be undecided. And that just like, you Ooh. know, like the, the credits were rolling. <laughs> and for some reason, this phrase just came to me. And I was like... Yeah, I'm on un- I'm undeciding it. This is not a write-up. And then I bashed out like an hour of really productive work from like oh. you know one AM to two AM and then I went to bed and it was really great.
0: Um, mate, legit, I'm gonna I'm gonna write that down. This I such need to good do a n- note to self to write that down. Yeah. What what was once decided can be undecided. I love oh, it. You know <laughs> that's, it. that's so good. That's absolute gold. That, that is oh, so good. Crap. I need to do the email newsletter today. I completely forgot.
1: <laughs> Maybe that'll be the quote in that. I think my favourite kind of quotes are ones that just seem like, they're, they're sort of like uh, truisms or like... Um, yeah, I think it seems almost like a bit of a piss take. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> like there's a good one in in, uh, in chess, which is, when you move a piece, it's no longer doing the job that it used to be doing. <laughs> and that, that's always worth remembering in chess. <laughs> yeah, no, it really is. <laughs> I just love, yeah, love those little snippets of like obvious wisdom. <laughs> The one I really liked that you put on our
0: uh, one of our websites several years ago was a um, quote of the day. If you're nice to people, people will think you're nice. Oh,
1: yeah. That's <laughs> not a good one. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, man. I feel like we should do a, a podcast episode dedicated to our favorite truisms. Yeah. Uh, no, that would be, I've be comp-
1: good, good hashtag content. I've started compiling my favorite quotes and things in uh, in Rome, which we mentioned last week. I wonder if we wait. We we mentioned it last week, did we? Uh, yeah, and then someone tweeted me asking how to spell it. Uh, oh, okay,
0: cool. Yeah, I've been I've been using Rome. I've been using Rome a lot this week, actually. That was going to be my the subject of my email newsletter
1: this week, if I couldn't think of anything else. Right, me mentioning Rome was meant to be the segue into you then saying ah, which brings us on to this week's topic, which is note taking, which we decided before we started recording. Didn't oh, we? yeah, I actually I completely forgot about that. I was just I was
0: just enjoying the vibe, man in this time of social isolation i realised how much i appreciate you having you as a brother and so we're just enjoying the back and forth banter and you had to bring it back to note-taking i mean who okay. wants, who, who, who who wants to talk about note-taking i mean who cares
1: <laughs> look ali this is strictly business i'm here for the content and then i'm out <laughs> <laughs> wow wait so are we doing are, are we doing note-taking or do you want to do something else no nah, note taking
0: is fine um yeah so i think this is worth worth talking about so um obviously you and i have been into the whole personal knowledge management thing since like mid 2019 <laughs> um so a very very long time and i guess you and i have both sort of kind of casually been into personal knowledge management for well I, at least i've been into it for about a decade just not really known that it that was a thing and there was a whole kind of theory around it right. um so I, th- I thought it'd be worth figu- sort of figuring out what what the point of note-taking is in in, in this sort of context um and i have a few kind of loose thoughts on this based on tiago forte's building a second brain and based on some of my own stuff and like right now when you when i had this idea that oh i should write down this quote uh, what can be decided can be undecided yeah that sort of got me thinking okay like where would i write that down like when you when we come across an interesting quote like where does it go how does it work that sort of thing and i've got some kind of malformed thoughts on this but i wonder if we we can start by giving an overview of like pkm personal knowledge management as a sort of thing and what it actually means and why we care about it bro i'm
1: not that deep in the pkm field
0: okay good so you can pretend to be a beginner in the pkm field i'm pretty deep in the pkm field so so what's what's your
1: beginner level understanding of pkm okay so my understanding is the field basically begins as a field when this guy publishes his uh getting things done method gtd was that like the first official like um i i wouldn't say so i think gtd isn't really a
0: pkm sort of framework gtd is a gtd framework pkm sort of is on top of gtd or in addition to gtd all right Uh, do you want to explain those terms firstly
1: for Uh, oh yeah when we when we say pkm we're we're talking about personal knowledge management um no i mean i guess it's like a it's like a personal productivity system all of these things are like personal productivity systems in some sense Sure. Uh,
0: how are you? How are you defining productivity? Like, what's what's the definition of productivity in your head?
1: It helps you helps you get things done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, in what ways, PKM, personal knowledge management, a productivity system? Then,
1: uh, you know, helps you like think and stuff and create things.
0: Okay. Fair enough. If we if we're going with that definition, then that sounds reasonable. All right, Whatever. These, uh, w- these
1: words and definitions don't matter too much.
0: No. Sure. So, generally, from from what I've read and kind of the way I think about it is that one aspect of Getting things done is doing is things like you know having your calendar organized, you know having a to do list, having a list of projects that you're working on, and you know actually kind of making the time to sit down and actually do the work that you have to do, rather than just making lists of things that you ought to do and then never getting any of them done. Part, so the the framework that was popularized by David Allen like decades ago, uh, which is what gives the GTD Getting Things Done the name. Um, is all, it's, it's, it's like a systematic way of processing the things that we need to do. So when it comes to processing email, when it comes to processing calendar invites, when it comes to processing tasks on our to-do list, the idea is that we get them all onto paper or onto, onto, onto a to-do list. And once a week, we do our weekly review where we kind of bash through the whole system and kind of figure out what the next steps are for every, every one of our projects. And then when we're sitting down to do stuff, we don't have to think about what to do. We just follow the system that we've already kind of created. Yep. So that's, that's kind of one strand of it. Um, usually PKM, which stands for personal knowledge management kind of sits either on top of, or sort of alongside this idea of GTD. So GTD getting things done would be more things like, you know, uh, for example, if a project was write proposal for this event or, you know, do homework assignment for this essay or, you know, get the milk from the grocery store or things like that, that would be the stuff that might go into a to-do list into project management. Whereas knowledge management is more things like, you know, if you have if you come across an interesting quote, where do you put it? If you've read an interesting article or listened to an interesting podcast, or you've, you know, just read a great book, like and you want to take some notes on it, what do you do with those sorts of snippets of information? And is it useful to like have them written down somewhere? And that is sort of what PKM is about. It's about recognizing that we all have this kind of personal knowledge that we've gained through all the stuff that we've kind of read watched seen listened to etc and you like unless we have a system for capturing all this stuff and organizing it in a in a useful way then it kind of gets kind of lost in our heads and we think oh you know there was that quote from that good book i read and that it you know occasionally we might bring one of these things to mind if was if it was really salient but we don't really have a system for it and the benefit of having a system for it the whole PKM spiel goes is that when you have a system for it you can then create stuff a lot more easily so this very very much applies to writers and bloggers and YouTubers and you know anyone who is creating any kind of hashtag content because when you have a PKM system, when you have this personal knowledge management, when you've got this almost like second brain of quotes and stuff that you've read and interesting notes that you've taken, at that point, it becomes very easy to write things because you're no longer starting from a blank page. You're starting from this
1: whole database of stuff that you've been collecting over the years. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I'd like to add to that is that often I think all of the, a lot of this stuff is frame and, and look, I've... I might not actually know that much about all of these things and I might not actually implement them, but I follow all these people on Twitter. I, I, I've i like done a lot of reading around this stuff. So I'm very familiar with like the general sort of uh, the, the broad strokes of it. And it's always sold as this thing to help you create, you know, helping you like create content is like often a big point that people say of like, you know, once you have all this stuff, then you can churn out then you can like write essays and blog posts and create videos or whatever really easily. Um, and I think a lot of people might hear that and think, well, I don't really have a blog. I'm not that interested in making YouTube videos. This is, this isn't ready for me. Like, I don't need to manage all this stuff. Um, and I think, I think the focus on like content creation, um, might be a bit l- misleading because, uh, yeah, I guess when you say content creation, it's, it's like, you know, this stuff is useful for if you want to create some public facing artifact that other people can consume. Um, however, I think, I think everyone should be doing a decent amount of private content creation, uh, to, uh, for example, daily journaling and sort of almost like personal essay writing just to process your own thoughts. Um, I think absolutely everyone should be doing that kind of thing. Um, I think like I, I, I sort of use the podcast as a way to process my thoughts these days. Um, but I think if you don't like get stuff out there, you are think your thinking will develop at a tenth of the pace uh compared to if you do structure your thoughts and get them out there so you can sort of clearly think them through and and analyze them and build up on them
0: sure um, and by out there you 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 mean not necessarily public facing although yes that's helpful, I, mean, but I, yeah, I,
1: I mean yeah i mean out out of like on yeah, paper out of your brain basically like your, your brain you you can almost think of your brain as like uh it's like uh do you, you remember in uh, chamber of secrets it's like Tom Riddle's diary kind of thing. Like when you write something it like, you know, when Harry like writes yeah. the thing, it sort of stays there for like half a second and it slowly fades away. That is your brain, right? Like you have all these thoughts and things throughout the day. Uh And like almost everything is, is just like fading away almost instantly. And maybe over a period of weeks, you might start to think, Oh, I keep, I keep going back to this particular topic or I keep thinking back to this particular thing. And then you might think about it some more, but if you actually get things out of your head, and just anywhere, anywhere where you can access them again, uh, then it's like it's like things aren't just fading. And like you know, instead of it taking you weeks to realize that this one particular thought or this one particular emotion is really important to you or really like uh, memorable or or something, you'll realize that within like a day or, or you know a, a few days or something. Like it, it can really just speed up your own yeah, just your your own thinking, your own development. Yeah, no, I completely agree.
0: I think like when I first started. In, like back in 2016 when I first had the idea that right I want to start a blog like often the things that I would write about would be sort of ways of processing my own thoughts like one of the pieces that really that kind of writing it really helped me and I say pieces which sounds super pretentious I just mean like random ass blog post one of the random ass blog posts that I wrote <laughs> um, one of my <laughs> one of my yeah exactly <laughs> one of my artifacts as you pretentiously said earlier um one of my pieces uh, one of my pieces, uh, was about, sort of like uh sort of through through my company six med it was sort of very much on a growth trajectory for three years and then back in, in like 2015 2016 the numbers started to dip a little bit and we started to plateau in terms of revenue and growth and all this stuff and that was like super depressing because i was like oh damn you know i've got this like really good thing and i can't believe it. it's worked so well so far but now it's all like going away and it's going to crash and burn and bloody blah and like really like writing a blog post where i was a, a sort of on paper addressing all of my thoughts and assumptions and stuff and sort of that helped me realize all the sort of negative destructive thought patterns i was going into with the whole company revenue declining and putting them on paper firstly made me realize that this is kind of ridiculous you know i've got a lot to be grateful for you know this is you know objectively even if like worst case scenario things are still pretty great to be honest That helped me realize that, but it also helped me realize, oh, wow, you know, like I've been trying to process this stuff in my head for like six months. But, you know, just the few days that I spent actually writing it out into a blog post was so useful and cathartic. And I think the fact that I was writing the post with the intent of sharing it publicly meant that I was more, I think my arguments were more coherent. Whereas if I'd just been writing it as a private journal, it would have been helpful, sure. But I think having the intent of putting stuff out there into the public just makes it more more worthwhile. And I think any work that I've done publicly has been objectively more useful for me personally than work that I've just sort of kept for myself in my own diary.
1: Yeah, I think I agree with that.
0: Yeah. So then coming back to this idea of personal knowledge management note-taking. Um so I suppose insight number 1 is that okay, right. So I want a way to keep track of the stuff that I read, the stuff that resonates with me, the thoughts that I have and then the next step is I think trying to build a system around this because just having that thought isn't enough. Like me thinking, oh, I should write down that quote that Taylor gave me and writing it on a scrap of paper or some notepad that I happen to have on me that I'm just going to forget about. You know, that's as likely to fade away as Tom, Tom Riddle's diary, you know, words written Tom, in, in Tom Riddle's diary. So I think building a sort of system for this that, you know, a, almost a one-stop shop, you know, someone like Tiago Forte would call this a second brain, a one-stop shop where you can just chuck all of this stuff and you know that it'll be there when you need to access it again. I think that's. Kind of the point of the whole taking notes
1: thing. Yeah, exactly.
0: And so I'd be curious to hear what sort of experiences you've been having with the Rome and if you can give kind of us an introduction to Rome as you see it.
1: So Rome is this new tool uh, that kind of takes a very different approach to note taking than all the kind of, uh, I guess, the, the standard approach, which is sort of popularized by things like Evernote and Notion. It's kind of that. Uh, you know, notes live inside a document, and documents can have links to other documents. Uh, so you kind of, uh, you kind uh, of-, sort of, so,
0: so, so, so. For example, with Evernote, it's sort of it would mirror a an actual physical filing system. Like you would have notebooks, and within a notebook, you would have a note, and each notebook would be categorized by, you know, a notebook for family, a notebook for home, a notebook for my YouTube channel, and within each notebook, you would have notes. And within each note, you can have, like, sub subsections. So yes. a very sort of linear, hierarchical sort of structure. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. This sort of nested structure, uh, a tree, if you've uh, studied much maths, uh, that's kind of the classical approach. And, and Wait. you know, what does maths have to do with trees? Sorry? What does maths have to do with trees? Oh, mate. There's a... This this is an aside, but I actually think I think graph theory should be taught in schools. I think it's, like, the yeah. most accessible piece of good, you know, actual mathematics. That there what the hell is graph theory? uh it's studying uh basically you can draw uh, so a graph is uh a set of vertices and edges so a a vertex is a dot (laughs) if you if you draw if you draw a bunch of dots on a page and then you draw some lines in between the dots that's a graph okay and then the graph theory is uh studying these dot and line objects anyway why is that particularly helpful uh i think it's helpful because it like it hasn't it doesn't really have any prerequisites like a a seven-year-old can sit there drawing lines and dots and thinking about it and and reaching conclusions about it okay but why is that helpful like why would seven-year-old
0: me find it helpful to reach conclusions about drawing dots on a page it broadens your mind and you're just gonna
1: help take my word for it (laughs) (laughs) mate come on look i mean what's the point of maths right it's like <laughs> no but the the claim that you made was
0: hey look man i think uh math is really important but i think what aspect of maths is super important no, no, is graph theory no no I, I
1: think st- everyone could benefit from learning graph theory so i'm asking you in what way would people benefit from learning graph theory uh i think whatever benefits uh there, there are to learning maths in general uh my point was that graph theory is very accessible and should be taught in schools rather than just at universities because there's a very it's very accessible branch of sort of re- actual mathematics in, in inverted commas um not sort of school style mathematics which is more about like computing things and following methods than it is about sort of thinking about things you know okay fine <laughs> uh so yeah look into graph theory <laughs> no further questions your honor <laughs> Uh, right so we were saying that <coughs> the, the standard sort of uh way of organizing notes is in in kind of these, these uh this sort of filing cabinet where you have sections and subsections and then notes and things inside them uh, and so most apps are kind of like that and that's fine you know you might have a, a section for uh all my friends and inside that you might have like a page for each of your friends and you might have a section for my hobbies and in that you'll have like a page for each of your hobbies or whatever
0: yeah like like ping pong and disco dancing
1: (coughs) yeah yeah exactly just like those um now this tool called rome which i've recently started using uh kind of breaks the mold because um basically the thesis behind rome is that no one actually thinks in this structured way of like sections and the subsections that's not how you think you think in terms of uh, lots of random th- disparate thoughts that all link together somehow. So for example, you know, if I have just hung out with my friends and I'm writing about, uh, this, the session that we just had, uh, you know, that would have, uh, a link to each of my friends who was present at the session. Uh, and then we might talk about a bunch of things and, you know, that might, that would have like links to lots of, you know, various topics. We might discuss some movies some books, blah, blah. blah. And so your thought, your thoughts and your brain is really like an interconnected web of, sort of separate things it's not this sort of nicely organized filing cabinet. and so rome is kind of built around this principle whereas in rome uh it it, it kind of encourages you to uh essentially create these bi-directional links between things uh and so you know if i mean i can go into let me, let me open up my own Rome. Rome spelled
0: r-o-a-m that's rome research.com you should check it out uh, it's it's free at the moment it's in beta but they're gonna start charging for it at some point in probably a year's time when the software gets a bit more stable
1: okay so for example uh, I have a I have a page in my in Rome called Lucas uh, who is my uh, roommate co-founder uh, and anytime I mention Lucas in my notes uh, I can really quickly turn that w- turn the word Lucas into a link uh, and Rome then, uh, creates this page that compiles every single reference i've ever made to lucas so looking at the lucas page i can see uh on that the, there are some notes from march 6th uh where i hung out with lucas there is a note note from march 5th where lucas and i had a late night session there's a note from march 11th where i went to the cinema with lucas uh, and so i can you know if i'm thinking hmm, i wonder what like i wonder everything what everything i've ever done with lucas is uh i could rome just generates this page for you automatically whereas in the standard sort of process i would have had to you know i would have had to know beforehand uh you know before i write anything i would have had to know i would have had to know that if i ever want to see a list of things i've done with lucas i need to put them all inside the lucas folder um and you know maybe And maybe there's like one one level of this kind of thinking that you can do which is that you might think okay i want to organize everything around like the people i've done it with and then i can like make sure that i put every lucas thing in the lucas folder every Ali thing in the Ali folder or whatever um but if if there's another kind of concept that i think is meaningful maybe like a topic that i might have discussed with someone or read about or something uh you know it's very hard to manage that whereas in rome everything can be a link everything links together you can always see all the references to almost anything you've ever written about. Okay, yeah, cool. And so, why have you found this valuable so far in the sort of couple of weeks that you've been playing around with it? I think it's valuable because. Okay, so I think I think most of the gains are gonna are gonna come slightly further down the line. I think the gains will really start to happen in the medium to long term when you have this like interconnected web of knowledge that you've developed. However, my, one of my big problems with other note-taking systems and you know over the past few years i've tried to adopt many of them uh, i was using notion for a bit um that, and yeah my, my issue was that like i'd always try and organize i'd always set out with like a way of organizing it and i'd be like okay this is these are my these are my folders these are my like sections and this is how i'm gonna like do stuff um, but then inevitably something i think i'd get too bogged down and into like oh i have to like lay out everything in this proper order and there's like a decent amount of overhead involved in doing that whereas in rome there's no overhead at at all you open the app you just start writing and it's like you, you can you you sort of organize as you write rather than knowing knowing the organization before you write and so it's just like much more frictionless i can just go there start bashing out some stuff uh and you know a few weeks or a few months from now I will have this amazing sort of resource.
0: Yeah, I broadly agree with everything you said. So I started kind of using it. I, I sort of, I sort of dabbled with Rome around about January time. Then I started using it properly. I think about sort of ten days ago. And every day I've been sort of writing in the daily note because the way Rome is organised is that every day it gives you a blank page called your daily note, which is tagged with with the day's day, and you just start writing whatever. And if if a particular link comes, then you can turn it into a bidirectional link, so you can link to the page and. If you want, you can go into the page. You can just keep writing on the same page, blah, blah. It's, it's, it's kind of hard to describe. You should definitely check it out. Um, but basically, the idea is that each day you sort of write something. And so what I've been doing when I've been at work or when I've been at home is every day I've sort of been writing, uh, just so, just sort of getting getting random thoughts out onto the, onto the screen. And for example, this is now the default place where if, for example, I come across an interesting quote, I will just sort of write it in my daily note and you know tag it with quote or something like that uh or you know tag it with productivity or you know motivational or discipline or like uh, whatever topic is relevant to the quote because i know that that quote is going to disappear from my brain but when it next comes to me trying like coming across the you know the topic of productivity or you know a you know a book that i'm reading called how to take smart notes or for example a podcast that i listen to when that next surfaces, however far down the line that will be, I know there's, there's going to be that linked reference to the quote that I've put in there today. So sort of as you said, it's it's very much a resource that develops over time where in a way the knowledge compounds and the more you can kind of do this over time, the more valuable it'll be in the long term. Um, I'm viewing it very much from a sense of that, oh, this helps me with content creation. I think what people like Tiago would argue is that in a way everyone is a content creator like even if you even if you're saying well i don't have a blog i have no intention of setting up a blog which i think personally is misguided i think everyone should have a blog even if you're saying i'm never going to start a podcast or a youtube channel whatever fine okay but you know whether you're a student or whether you're at work like you are going to have to be creating some sort of content in some sort of way like even in a field like medicine which is like the least content creating field i can sort of imaginable um you know we still have to do presentations and publications and audits and things and you always get people complaining that oh man you know oh we had these really good teaching sessions but i can't remember where my notes for that were i just sort of wrote some things down and they just disappeared and now i need to make this presentation on this thing and you just sort of it becomes a real struggle whereas having an effective personal knowledge management system means that, you know, when it comes to creating that presentation or doing that or writing that, writing that paper or writing that essay, whatever thing, things become so easy to put together because you've literally collected all the interesting things that have ever resonated with you for your whole
1: life. Yeah. Yeah. I read a good tweet recently that sort of sums this up nicely, which I think the tweet was something along the lines of uh, the more senior you get in any profession, uh, the more your job title becomes professional writer. Uh, which is basically try, try to say that like yeah basically every field you know as as you work your way up in basically anything you, more and more your job will be, be be sort of writing things and communicating things to other people and so you everyone should be investing in writing and the way to invest in writing is to invest in your own ideas and your own thinking and the way to do that is to manage your knowledge
0: Oh, that's a really good way of thinking about it. The more, pro- the, as you, as you, as you ascend in any field, your job becomes more about writing. Yeah, like, and I think, like for for example, you, you know, we've got a few kind of youngish teenagers listening to listening to this podcast, and I imagine, you know, let's say there's a fourteen year old kind of listening to this and thinking oh man you know like, it's it's really hard for someone to appreciate what the world of work looks like you know when you yeah. when you're 14 15 years old and she, and like i i imagine it would be so easy like if i was that age to think oh come on what is this? this this isn't for me but if i look back like if there's one if there's one regret i have in my life it's that i didn't write more like throughout my entire childhood yeah that would have been so yeah, valuable yeah. to look at now like i i look at some of my evernote notes from like 2007 2008 and i think damn i really wish i'd kept this up because you know, back when I was getting into kind of personal development, I I, I, I I had like an Evernote folder of like, you know, good pickup lines that I made in like year nine. And I was like, you know, I didn't even speak to a girl until like year 13. <laughs> 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 um, no, I will I will share that another time. And I had like a whole folder of life advice and I had a whole folder of like interesting magic tricks I want to learn and I had a whole folder of like business ideas that I made in like when I was like 14, 15 years old. And I. I was, sort of, I was sort of looking through that and thinking, oh, damn, you know, I'm pleasantly surprised by how developed some of my ideas were when I was younger. Yeah, but I yeah. really wish I'd I'd actually given this more attention. I would wish I'd kind of written about the books that I'd read, the stuff that I enjoyed. Even kind of, you know, if I'd watched an episode of freaking 90210 of The Vampire Diaries and really enjoyed it, rather than that information just being in my head and then told to my friends at, at school, being like, oh, my God, guys, did you see Damon last night? <sighs> if, if I'd just written some of that down, that would have been so good to look back on. <laughs> so yeah that's sort of th- the one regret i have from childhood like not writing more stuff down
1: yeah i think i think uh yeah I, th- I think documenting yeah i think we mentioned this a couple of podcasts ago about this charles munger quote about how like documenting your life is a way to to live like two lifetimes in one and uh yeah i think i think if you're if you're young this stuff can all seem a bit like esoteric and like what's the point but yeah. Trust me, there is a point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is what I say to people about uh, when, you know, someone asks for what should I do over the summer and stuff. And I I think one of the most valuable things other than writing is just like take some sort of basic interest in photography. Like even if you get a basic camera, learn how to take slightly nicer pictures with your iPhone. Like you'll be like in 10 years time, you'll be so grateful for the photos that you've taken today. And it really saddens me when there are people who think, oh you know i'm just going to enjoy in, enjoy the moment and who needs to take photos because actually those photos are the only memory you will really have of that moment because your, your own memories is completely going to fade
1: mm. so i'm very bullish on the uh photography front all right so we've talked a bit about rome we've talked a bit about the benefits of personal knowledge management how how are you actually managing stuff these days? i mean you mostly use notion right uh not really actually i actually still mostly use
0: evernote so I don't think Notion is very good as a sort of knowledge management system. I feel like Notion is very good for project management. So more the GTD side of things, more kind of keeping track of projects and stuff. So I use Notion to manage things like, you know, my gym workouts and to manage sort of like videos, uh, video production schedules and stuff with my editor and and things like that. And like when sponsored video deadlines are coming up and uh, I sort of I tried using Notion a little bit just to just to basically keep a list of stuff that I'd read. But it was quite hard to kind of take notes on the things that I was reading in Notion. Or rather, it was easy to do, but it was, again, because Notion is somewhat a nested structure of things. Like, you have pages and you have pages within pages. Yeah. Like, there was no easy way to kind of resurface the stuff that I that had resonated with me in, like, you know, May 2019. Yeah. Whereas, now what I've started to do is I've started to put that stuff into Rome and actually actively take notes on it. Like, uh, the the, the other day, I, I made a sort of rule for myself that... I'm not allowed to read anything and just kind of hit the thumbs up on it, which I would be prone to do or add it to my Instapaper liked articles. I have to write something about why I like it and what I took from it and why yeah. why it's actually useful. Because again, like when I've tried doing this in the past, I've always at the time I've always thought, oh, you know, obviously I, I know why why this article is good. And obviously I know I know why this resonates with me. Yeah. And then like two weeks later, it's all completely gone. And I'm yeah. like, oh, damn, I really wish I'd just, just take, just taken a few notes as to why, why I like this article, what's good about it. Yeah. And then it also makes it infinitely easier to recommend stuff to people. Like that's another benefit of this sort of thing that, you know, if someone asks for a book recommendation or an art, you know, w- what podcast should I listen to? Rather than yeah. being like, oh crap, I, oh, I can screenshot the 700 podcasts I'm prescribed, I'm subscribed to. Instead, you're like, actually, you know what? These are the top five that have resonated with me in the last three weeks. <laughs> just to start with those and <laughs> come back to me when you've not listened to them. <laughs> yeah. So um, the other sort of interesting thing that I've, I've discovered this week, have you come across this idea of morning pages? No. So morning pages is like this uh, kind of writing technique, sort of writing technique, sort of journaling technique invented by some woman a few years ago. It's the, the idea is that every morning you just write three pages of A4 just by hand, or just on whatever is on your mind. And it's just basically kind of a writing-by-hand stream of consciousness that just goes into a notebook. And it's ap- it's sort of explicitly not designed to be shared, purely designed just for, like, personal reflection and stuff. Right. But I, I, I stumbled across this. Like, I'd, I'd come across this concept years ago. I'd never really given it due attention. But then I sort of stumbled across it again and, and started reading articles about it. And there's so many people on the Internet saying that, damn, this morning pages thing has genuinely changed my life because… Sort of like what we were saying about how writing a blog post can help solidify your thinking on a topic. Yeah. Like when you're forcing yourself like every single morning to write three pages of A4, you end up start like you start off by, by writing a load of drivel, obviously, because you need to fill these three pages. But eventually your brain starts to get into gear and you just realize that, oh, my God, you know, this is actually making sense and starting to write stuff more and more and more. Yeah. And the people that do this practice say that it's really, really helped. So I sort of started dabbling with it a little bit, um, trying to do it while I was at work, which hasn't been easy because I haven't really had time in the mornings. But it's something that I've started looking a lot into. And now on my daily note in Rome, the first thing that I write each day is, isn't is anything structured. It's literally just whatever's on my mind. I just start yeah. typing as, as if I'm doing this morning pages just kind of typed out on Rome. And then inevitably, I go, I sort of get distracted, Be like, oh, okay, you know, that reminds me there was this course that I was working through that I haven't haven't actually looked at for the last few weeks. Why don't I go into that? And that, like, earlier today, when I was at work, and had like a little bit of spare time that really kind of guided me on what I could do today. And I made a few kind of breakthroughs in working through this online course, which I I just wouldn't have had the thought to go through that had I not just been kind of writing whatever was on my mind. So I think it's I think the the concept of it, just kind of sitting down each morning and just kind of type like writing out or typing out
1: whatever. I think that's quite useful and that's something I'm kind of playing around with a lot more. Yeah, I've heard this is great. A, a morning writing practice, basically. Um Yeah, for a long time, I've thought, I, I actually had this. I had this for like a few months uh, at various points. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um But I, yeah, I've, I sort of fell out of the habit. But yeah, I should get back into it. Because like, yeah, you can just do it over breakfast for like 15, 20 minutes or something. Just like, just write stuff. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the other thing i i tried doing this week i don't know if i told you last week um i i decided to do an experiment where i was going to wake up at 5 a.m each day <laughs> oh god was that for and a youtube so, video <laughs> I, it, it, it was more for, for for myself but i i realized oh hello this could be a youtube video <laughs> and so like 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 last sunday i think or something i had i had like the next day off work i think it was last monday and i thought you know what from like it's it's 11 p.m. now tomorrow i'm going to wake up at 5 and so I, I i literally sat down and recorded a video of myself being like right guys you know we're trying this experiment tomorrow i'm going to wake up at 5 and i woke up the next day at 5 and i did like a work at home like i did, i was following the reddit bodyweight routine home oh, yeah. workout thing and i was like oh man this feels so good and the next morning the alarm went off at 5 and i was like oh <laughs> you know you know i'm just gonna i'm just gonna lie in bed for a little bit on my phone and then next thing i knew it was like quarter to eight I was yeah like, oh, yeah oh, <laughs> why so why did this happen yeah. then i was like oh well you know I, i've screwed it up once there's no point doing it now yeah <laughs> yeah 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 but I, I i sort of had in my head I, I had this moment of like oh my god it would be amazing if i can wake up at five every day every other day i can do this bodyweight workout to keep myself fit what during this isolation stuff and every other day i can have a coffee and do some morning pages and writing in the morning i was yeah. like oh this would be so good if i can do this and then no it just completely completely got destroyed um but i need to obviously dress that up as a productivity guru and kind of make a video about how i did it and stuff once i actually get around to doing it
1: yeah look i've had the same thing as well (laughs) usually usually if i travel anywhere eastwards then when i come back then i'm like slightly jet lagged and so i wake up really early and it's amazing for the first few days um like i remember a couple of years ago uh, I, I i went to like china and stuff and like and when i came back i was getting up at like 5 a.m or something and it was unbelievable i was like i was so psyched but then like <laughs> okay basically I, I i i've thought long and hard about like why is this so difficult to do i'll tell you the reason why it's so difficult to do it's difficult to do because it, it requires you to opt out of other parts of society uh and those other parts of society are things like having hanging well, out with david your- Dobrik vlogs at <laughs> <2 and 14. laughs> yeah there are things like that and there are and then there are things like hanging out with your friends until like slightly past your bedtime like if you want to do the whole five o'clock thing your bedtime's now like 10 p.m your bedtime like 10 or 9 p.m uh and and then at that point it's like okay you can keep that up for a few days uh, and then you decide to have dinner with your friends one evening, uh, and all of a sudden, like you're halfway through dinner, it's nine p.m., and it's like, okay, well, I guess I can't get up at five tomorrow. uh or, or I don't know, maybe you can, maybe you can just like force yourself. But I think, yeah, I think the the cost is that everyone else is playing by slightly different rules, and that will that will like screw you over unless you're extremely uh sort of strict strict about it.
0: So I don't know, like I think I think it's really hard to do that sort of thing when you when you, for example, at university where. You know the like it's so random, and like you know, on on any random day, you could end up having a chill until four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, but I think when you are when you are working and you've got yourself into this routine, especially given that on most weekdays most people have work the following day, like at least for me, like I actually don't have a lot of stuff sort of uh, on on a lot of evenings where I physically can't sleep or I have to opt out of stuff to to sleep by ten and a half ten. Like it's something that I could very feasibly do, and I remember when I was on my psychiatry placement for the first four months of sort of between August and december this last year uh because I'd be starting work at nine a m rather than at eight a m it meant that i I could actually wake up at half six, go to the gym, get to the gym by seven, do gym from seven till eight, and then drive to work from eight till nine. And on the days where I was doing that, I was doing that fairly regularly, like three three times a week, and I just felt so great, and like you know, every everything about life was just fantastic. Yeah, because I had that discipline to be like, you know, I am going to wake up at half six, and I am just going to sleep at like half ten every night. Yeah, and that was and that was like a really good system. So I, I really want to try and build something like that, just not make it dependent on. Okay, so yeah, sorry, I think I took my AirPods, my my, my professional AirPods, out of my I ears accidentally. You. Oh, yeah, like, can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can't hear you. You aren't talking. Wait. Dude, why do, why do you sound muted? Hello? Can you hear me? No, I can't hear you. Why can't you
1: hear me? Why can't you hear me?
0: Right, I'm going to call you. Right, can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you now. We're back. I actually don't remember what I was saying, but that's a good place to end that particular train of thought. Wait, just give me a second here. Oh, are uh, yeah, we basically remotely
1: thanks to what? <laughs> social distancing. Yeah, we were basically, before we got disconnected, we were basically talking about why it's hard to stick to yeah basically that like in the periods and, and i totally agree in the periods where we both had the sort of strict discipline to wake up early do some, you know work out in the morning like do, do that kind of thing and then go to bed early like it's honestly been very happy times in my life even if i'm sacrificing other things uh, but it, it is just hard to stick to but i think the whole quarantine thing is like a great like there's there is no excuse for not being able to pull this off when, when you're quarantined <laughs> but like for some reason i think i think it's the, the quarantine is kind of screwing with everyone's uh routines because like there's there's like tons of memes about how like every you know you, you people are like sleeping at 4am for some reason you know you, you get up you shower at like 3pm <laughs> you have like breakfast food for dinner like everyone's routine is like out of whack uh, but i think like the next couple of months and it's looking like it's going to be a few months of this um it's like it's a perfect opportunity to sort that sort that part of your life out and then maybe you'll be able to keep it up afterwards uh the other thing that i think this is a perfect opportunity for is to learn how to cook and today i took my first steps in doing that uh oh congrats and this was aided by rome uh rome has a to-dos feature and so i think a few days ago i was thinking all right i really need to learn how to cook uh but i was like in the middle of something i was like in the middle of something and i thought okay i'll just uh I'll go into Rome. I'll just make a to-do for Sunday. I I basically designate Sunday as my, like, day to sort out my life. Uh, and so usually during the week, I'll add a bunch of to-dos on Sunday, you know, which would be, like, you know, sort out my finances, like, do this thing, uh, you know, look into this thing. One of my to-dos today was uh, figure out my plan for cooking. Uh, and this morning, I was on my phone in bed, and what I did was I downloaded a PDF of the 4-Hour Chef, which is uh, Tim Ferriss' How to Cook book. Uh, tried to buy it on kindle it's not on kindle in english it's on kindle in german though <laughs> for some reason uh anyway pdf of four hour chef started going through that uh and then i made my first ever dish uh which was scrambled eggs scrambled eggs with some spices with spices nice yes, <laughs> have you done it as well
0: I-, I had that phase about four years ago <laughs> okay <laughs> the four the four hour chef phase how's it gonna I, play out?
1: tell me how it plays out
0: <laughs> <laughs> here's here's how it's gonna play out you're gonna be super inspired you're gonna think you know what the scrambled egg thing is great i love the idea of not measuring things i love the idea of using one finger one finger pinch two finger pinches three finger pinches i love the oh spice combinations i can make mediterranean scrambled eggs this is amazing you're gonna make scrambled scrambled eggs for the first two or three days and then you're gonna be like okay cool right tim thank you thank you very much for teaching me about scrambled eggs what's the next thing that i can get and then he's going to say that the most important thing to have in your kitchen is a Dutch oven. You're going to be like, "What the hell is a Dutch oven?" <laughs> you're going to Google Dutch oven. Hey, yeah, yeah,
1: I remember seeing he's mentioned the Dutch oven already. Yeah, <laughs> you're
0: going to you're going to realize that Dutch oven is like something. I feel like it's something that people it, it 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 must have some sort of different name in the UK. It's basically kind of a big deep casserole dish. Then you're going to think, "Oh damn, I don't have one of those." Then you're going to be like, "All right, Tim, what recipes you got in this cookbook?" The very first recipe that, you, that you're going to see in Lamschak. the cookbook braised lap shank exactly you're gonna be like dude tim i just want something that i can freaking make by myself That I can just eat. And t- teach me how to cook, and you're telling me I need need to do a braised lamb shank. Like, what does braised mean? What does shank mean? <laughs> I don't even know where you get a braised lamb shank from. And then it's all going to go downhill. So that's basically the trajectory.
1: <laughs> okay, l- let me tell you why I don't think that'll actually happen. I think when you approached the book four years ago, whatever it was, you were approaching it uh, with the thinking of like, look, I just need to learn some recipes that I can cook, so I can like cook for myself. That is that is precisely that is actively not the approach I care about. I don't care about learning random recipes. I care about learning the principles of how cooking works. I actually don't give a toss about the recipes that much. Okay, no, I agree. I care I, about I the also, principles.
0: Fine. I, I also didn't give
1: a toss about the recipe. I also cared about the principles, but I don't know. Like, so why don't you cook uh, the stupid lamb shank? Just buy a braised oven. How hard, is it, how hard could it possibly be? It's well, obviously... A braised oven. What, oh, what is it called? A done oven. <laughs> 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 buy a French okay, no, oven.
0: No. <laughs> um the the reason i went off the i went off the rails but about the whole cooking thing was yeah like a few a few times i did use the principles and i made like a super nice spaghetti bolognese and stuff like from scratch and cooked for people and things eventually it would it was just taking far too much time and although it talks about it in terms of kind of these are the efficient things this is the h20 the principles of what you need to learn to cook i felt like it didn't really at least when i was going through it the first time it didn't really give me enough of a system which is why actually like mid-March or sort of like, like early March, something like that, Um, I went around my friend, uh, sort of a friend of a friend, uh, Kim's house, and she is like a, a mom and like a business coach, entrepreneur type person. And every week she does sort of meal prep for her family of four and just like cooks like healthy, efficient meals. And she's like big on the whole productivity thing. So she was like, oh man, you know, I got to teach you this method. And so we, we, we arranged a, a date to get together and basically sort of spent a whole day she teaching me how to cook but like the principles and like sort of the 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 very basics of what you need to have in your kitchen what you need to have in your pantry at all times these are some basic dishes that you can put together this is how you mix and match stuff yeah um and we hired a video production company to film that whole process as if it was like a tv cooking show so now we've got all this footage like that i'm going to turn into a skillshare class at some point of her basically teaching me all of the stuff that i've ever wanted to know about cooking be like sick. like how does this work um And kind of since since doing that and having basically that whole day of kind of one-to-one tuition on how to cook, I now feel a lot more like that that it's, it now makes a lot more sense. And it's actually so simple and it's, it's so simple, but like at least at home, unless something's changed very recently, we just don't really follow the principles that much. Like I feel like in most Asian households, it's a case of you have a carb like rice and you have your chicken curry and that's it. Like the concept of... What are you talking about? As in... I feel like in most Asian households, the, the, the concept of having vegetables on your plate is not
1: really much of a thing. It's th- It's a thing in our household. Is it? Yeah, Mimi's always trying to make meat vegetables. What sort of vegetables? All sorts, mate. <laughs> okay,
0: that's that must be a fairly recent thing then because like uh, kind of my idea of, of staple meal was like rice with curry back in the day. Whereas kind of the standard principle of healthy eating is you have you have sort of like carb, protein and veg <laughs> as like making of the rest of it. Oh, okay. And kind of from that from from that perspective cooking is actually very straightforward you just figure out how to cook a carb you figure out how to cook a protein and you figure out yeah and you just add some veg over the top uh and if you can do that sort of kind of with the bare amount of equipment and by by having ingredients things like chopped onions and chopped garlic so that you don't have to chop onions and chop garlic yourself yeah yeah. stuff like that saves so much time yeah and you end up being able to cook like really tasty dishes with a minimum of effort and that's sort of what i learned in this one-to-one cooking class that we filmed
1: oh nice yeah, that sounds really good. I'm
0: also on the on the cooking hype.
1: Yeah, I was thinking. I I, I remember I was thinking of messaging you this morning because I thought I swear Ali's been through this phase. Like he can just tell me what the what the right book is for this. And then I remembered the Four Hour Chef, and I was like, okay, that's the right book. Um, but like oh, part of my goal is almost to write a one pager on like the principles of cooking. And by by principles, I I so I think I think the like the carb protein, you know, veg veg kind of uh, framework. I think that's actually really useful. And when I, when I kind of... When someone mentioned that to me for the first time a couple of years ago, that was like the first bit of theorizing I'd I'd ever been exposed to around food. I was like, whoa. Like, then like, you know, my mind expanded in that moment. Um, and I would like to basically figure out the like four or five mind-expanding kind of frameworks to like break down cooking and just write those in like a one-pager as like a really accessible thing for people like me. Oh, no. and I, actually... i I, i'm talking like stuff yeah carb carb, protein veg that's all well and good i'm talking stuff like i mean i I had this i was watching mimi cook uh we we were sort of cooking together the other day uh i was mostly just helping like you know passing her stuff but you know she was talking me through things and i realized that uh a big one large class of uh types of cooking is uh you boil some water with a bunch of spices in it and you put something in it And that's, that's cooking. That's like, that's like a quarter, a quarter of cooking is you have a dish of water and you put a bunch of stuff in it and you put a little, that's a quarter of cooking. And I need to figure out what like the other three quarters are. But basically like that, that's the level I'm talking of. Like, all right, all right, kid, this is, this is like the different cookings.
0: (laughs) Mate, I I feel like I had one of those mind expanding insights when I discovered what an oven was used for. Like the oven is a freaking magical device. Have you ever used an oven for cooking?
1: I mean, yeah, but like, tell me, what's it for? Mate, <laughs> I don't know what it's for.
0: <laughs> you put stuff in a dish, you put it in the oven, and it just cooks by itself. <laughs> it's absolutely mind-blowing it's like you can take chicken you can take fish you can literally just have a single dish a single kind of one pan thing you can just chuck some chicken breast inside it you can stick some salt and pepper on them you can chuck some veg that you've got pre-chopped from the supermarket chuck into the oven 45 minutes and out you get this like really tasty really nice healthy kind of grilled chicken breast with like you know like like baked chicken breast with like baked vegetables on it that has like zero oil and it's like super healthy
1: and i was like damn this stuff's so good man who would have thought was it a Dutch chef? No, who
0: would have thought? Uh, no, it was a French <laughs> <shop>. <laughs> Um But actually, so uh, our friend Lucia actually has a blog. Have you come across it? The vegan it's one. It's called. Uh, yeah, it's called Eat Tasty E A Tasty.
1: Uh, I came. Yeah, I came across it a few years ago. Is it still going?
0: Uh, I don't think. I don't think she's posting on it. But on there, she's got one of these one one page guide to cooking at any meal, and basically, it sort of uses the protein, carb, veg sort of framework, but sort of for vegan stuff. Yeah, and basically says that look, here are the ten. Sort of combinations of spices that you can just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's like following a flowchart. But you, so you sort of pick something from set A, uh, okay, yeah, what, yeah, yeah, and and a spice, something, yeah. <laughs> from set C and a spice, and something from set C, and whatever combination, whatever permutation yeah. of this that you use, you will have a good meal at the end of it. Oh, that's great! That's awesome. So, yeah, you, should, I'll check so, so you should check check that one out. We'll uh, we'll link it in the description. Which is your job because you are doing the editing and the show notes for this podcast. <laughs> Fine, because I have to go to work tomorrow to save lives. Mm. Are you actually doing corona stuff at work? oh god no mate i feel like such a fraud genuinely. <laughs> like like it's <laughs> the, uh, there was that meme going around of like you know uh, uh, the whole world thinks i'm on the front lines fight, f- fighting this disease but actually i'm just sitting in the office l- l- looking at memes because there's no patients in the hospital
1: <laughs> oh really Wait, what specialty are you doing right now <laughs>
0: i'm on obs and gyne, so obstetrics and gynecology and i'm going to be staying on that from the first of april as well because we were meant to rotate specialties but because of the whole covid situation they're keeping us on the same specialties that we were on already and the nice thing about Obs is that like the obstetric side of it, it doesn't stop because women are always going to keep giving birth. Uh, but on the gynecology side, they've cancelled all of the non-emergency kind of things. Right. And therefore the only, the only patients I really see are the ones who sort of are, are kind of emergency cases, which is a inherently more interesting, but also it means that like, for example, today I saw like three patients in total in like the whole, the whole day. So when you were that, going like, on about your on 13, total. your 13 hour shifts, it's really just hanging out. <laughs> Mate, hanging out with the nurses, uh, writing a lot of things on Rome, <laughs> going going through this online course called 30 Days to a Better YouTube Channel, <laughs> T- taking photos for the Instagram and occasionally, well, fairly frequently being called to do various bits. And, you know, we had this whole like scenario where we were working through that. OK, what if we get a pregnant mum who's delivering, who's got an emergency C-section, but she's COVID positive or suspected COVID? What's the whole process for doing this? You know, it's kind of cool stuff. But yeah, mostly me and most of my colleagues were kind of sitting in the hospital, being like, "Right, well, we don't really know what to do right now (laughs) because we're we're all sort of twiddling our thumbs, waiting for waiting for the cases to just suddenly hit us." Yeah. But but all the estimate, but I think I think this is good because it means that at least in our hospital, we are sort of prepared. Like stuff has been is is happening in advance of the need, so that when the need strikes like when or when the suspected cases of covid really start getting through the front door at that point we'll already have the capacity to deal with it rather than having to scramble to make the capacity to deal with it yeah so basically for the last few days i've just been kind of uh <laughs> typing stuff on rome on, on the 12.9 inch ipad pro that i'm in the process of reviewing to figure out whether 11 inches is better than
1: 12.9 i think it's how you use it that matters. Really. <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree. I've, I I've been trying to think views. of. I've been trying to think of a good excuse to buy the new iPad, <laughs> but <laughs> given that I don't longer leave the house, it's proving difficult. <laughs> how how much do you use your current iPad? I swear you don't use it at all. I have started using it. I'm learning a piano piece, so I use it for my sheet music. <laughs> I have my sheet music on there. Uh, honestly, I think if you if you get the
0: keyboard attachment for your iPad, it will change the game. Because
1: yeah, because I was thinking it, that if yeah. I, if I always have my iPad with keyboard attachment next to me, then I can just always make notes. You know, like yeah, no, <laughs> that's exactly the reason I use it. It's so good. Cause yeah, at the moment, if I, if I like want to write something down, I guess I have to click like two times on my computer to open up my, <laughs> my notes window or something, you know, and that's a lot of work, for, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I think that's what, that's what an iPad's good for. So like, um, actually, so, uh, well, when was it? I think it was Tuesday when I had a day off work and that was the day that the iPad, I think Thursday, actually, that was when the iPads were arriving from, from, uh, the, the Apple store. um, And I sort of planned to spend the whole day filming. So I I literally spent all day, like, with my camera and motorized slider, like, getting some, like, absolutely sick footage of the new iPads. And at one point, like, prior to unboxing them, I I was thinking that, huh, I don't know if if I should do, like, a dedicated unboxing video or if I should just make it part of the review. I was like, oh, what's the point of doing an unboxing video? It's kind of a waste of time. And then... And then I was, I was chatting to my editor, Christian, on Slack and being like, is this a good idea? And he was like, yeah, well, they're quite popular, but it's it's pretty lazy content, to be honest. Like most of your stuff is fairly like cerebral and well thought out. So maybe it's not really worth doing an unboxing. But then I had an idea. I was like, oh, why don't I do a silent unboxing just to music? And then I was like, OK, cool. I'm going to do a silent unboxing. And then like I found this sort of bunch of post-it notes on my desk that I, I bought from Amazon kind of weeks ago back when I was like, you know what, I'm going to start taking notes from physical books by using post-it notes because I want to be <laughs> one of those people. Yeah. And I just had this box of post-it notes on my desk and I was like, oh, hang on. And then something in my brain put two and two together and I was like, oh my God, I can do a silent unboxing of this iPad using the overhead camera and narrating it just with post-it notes. Oh, nice. Man. And then... And so, like, in about 10 minutes, I unboxed the iPads, narrated with, with post-it notes, sent that footage to my editor, Christian, in Romania. And within, like, an hour, he'd put together this really nice edit, like, three-minute edit of unboxing the iPad Pros, which are, like, this really sort of, like, uh, hip sort of music track. I don't know how to describe it, but it was not the sort of music i normally listen to. And it was a really good video. It was really aesthetically pleasing, and it, was, it did really well on the analytics, and loads of people were commenting about how amazing the editing was. Oh, well. I was just so surprised. I was just so surprised that, you know, this sort of ten minute effort on my part and like half an hour to an hour effort effort on Christian's part. Uh basically just by just being slightly quote creative and like I don't think of myself as a creative person, but there were so many comments using the word creative thing like, oh wow, this was such a creative way to do an unboxing. <laughs> and I was like, damn, I literally just saw this book this like group of post it notes and I just thought, oh, you wouldn't that be cool? And uh, and and then that sort of got me thinking that, you know, what is creativity after all? Like, you know, our tagline for this fricking podcast is happiness, creativity, in the human condition. And yeah. I feel like we never really talk about creativity and what it means. Yeah, not explicitly. And like, uh, there's all sorts of stuff that I've, I've been reading about how creativity is just being able to put things together in in any sort of way yeah yeah and there's, the, the, there's no such thing as originality basically like everything is a remix that you know there's a nice quote from pat flynn which is there are no unique messages only unique messengers yeah and i was like and when i when i when i heard that i was like oh damn yeah that's what i've been trying to preach for years because yeah i think anyone struggling in this whole like oh well, you know i want to make youtube videos but everything's saturated i want to start a blog but i don't know what to write about you know one thing that holds you back is thinking that that, yeah, you, you have, have to do be original. original, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, whereas this, it's all, it's all a complete myth. And I was really surprised by how well this kind of video did, despite the minimum amount of effort that went into it, just because I, you know, thought I'd do something a little bit different. um The point of the story. Was to bring up the, the the discussion about creativity, not to toot my own trumpet. But then, also, <laughs> but then later, oh, and and another interesting life lesson from this day of filming. So I spent all day filming all this like B roll for the iPad video, just like getting like really good close up shots of the camera and everything. Yeah. At the end of the day, it was like 10 p.m. and I was like, oh, okay, right. I now need to film the actual review of the iPads, and I like a big part of me was thinking, oh, you know what? It's fine, screw it. I'll just, you know, I'm working for the next four days. I'll I'll do it next Wednesday or something. But then I was like, no, you know, this is like, because with tech reviews, you kind of have to get them out in a timely yeah, fashion because yeah. if you wait too long, then no one's going to care about the product anymore. And so I kind of put a script together using,
1: why does that keep, bro, why do you keep disconnecting? What's going on?
0: I think I, if if you press the airport, the professional airport's too hard, it, it like disconnects from whatever call you're doing. Oh. Anyway. Uh so i wrote out a script using rome because i'd already been taking notes on the ipad kind of throughout the day using rome and it was just like very easy to put everything together and i just kind of said the script on camera i sent it to christian and then literally by the next day he'd sorted out this video which was really good and then we uploaded it like yesterday and it shot up to number one in my sort of last 10 videos and it's like doing a, it's done like a hundred thousand views in 24 hours but oh, nice. normally my videos would do between 40 and sixty thousand views in 24 hours yeah and and it's just done so well and it was all based on this sort of last half an hour of the day where i was like you know part of me was really tired i was like oh i could just sleep but the other part of me was like no i just need to churn this out yeah and it yeah. just went and it just went so well and that was like another another kind of data point in this this idea that if you just add a little bit more effort at the end of the day or to the the thing that you're doing yeah it it can have some very good results
1: so that was the little message that i thought i'd share yeah yeah i think that's absolutely true and and yeah it's way that like I've, I've had the same experience so many times where some random thing that I just decide to do almost on a whim right at the end of the day turns out to be like really important or really, really pivotal. Uh, but I, yeah, I remember when I was writing my my sort of my fourth year dissertation, um, it was like quite late at night. I was like, oh, I have this idea for how to like derive some new stuff, uh, but it's kind of late. And then I was like, ah, whatever, let's just do it. And then I like bashed it out in like my, my most, it was almost like divine inspiration. Like the maths just came to me, man. Uh, <laughs> and like, it took my dissertation to the next level. And then there have been like, yeah, other times where like, for some reason I would just, you know, something would hit me, yeah really late at night or something. And I'd just like start writing a blog post about something and it would turn out to be something really worthwhile. Um And yeah, so, some of my best thoughts have kind of come out of like, oh, let's just like, yeah, let's just like bash this thing out quickly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it always leads somewhere.
0: Nice. Yeah, I so like uh on that note, like I often have good thoughts while I'm lying in bed. And I always think, oh, you know, because I no longer have my phone in bed. Because I know it's like, the, this phone is the worst the yeah. thing for me. I think, oh, I, 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 need to have a way to write these things down. And then, like randomly, the other day, I just came across something while looking into this PKM stuff, saying, you know, just always keep an analog notebook on your bedside table. And I was like, oh, that's the solution. It would be so easy because I've got my bedside <laughs> table lamp. Yeah. I could literally just have a notebook in bed so that I could just write stuff down. <laughs> and like, I'm you, uh, like, after this recording, I'm going to bring my, bring a notebook and just put it on my bedside table because that will just always be there. <laughs>
1: Well, the issue is that it's dark, right? Oh, well, I guess you have a lamp. I don't really have a lamp yeah, right
0: next mate, to bed. a bedside. a bedside lamp is also enormously helpful. It's a very high measure purchase that you could get. Interesting. All right, I'll be yeah. getting one of those. Nice. Should
1: we uh, wrap this up? I think we had better do that. Um, it's been gone on for a while. Uh, why don't we re- read a review uh, to end things this week? We've now had 1,229 ratings on the podcast store. So thank you to everyone who's rated. Uh and uh, this review comes from Charlie Thax in Australia. Hello Charlie. Uh Charlie says, this is honestly the only podcast I've ever listened to and ever planning on listening to. <laughs> <Love, laughs> yeah. Love it. I've really enjoyed your YouTube videos for a while Ali. Uh, okay. Uh but it's great to see you talk more informally about your interests and ideas here your brother is fantastic he loves challenging you and does it pretty damn well so hats off to him you are both inspirational dudes keep it up thanks a lot charlie really appreciate it you should should, should probably check out some other podcasts too but i appreciate the sentiment. good stuff all
0: right any kind of insight of the week i feel we've talked about a few insights
1: we've talked about plenty of insights um cool
0: let's call it a day you can edit this do the show notes then and i will fall asleep and wake up tomorrow to save some more lives or twiddle my thumb <laughs> which is what i've been doing for the last week all right i guess i'll chat to you in a few days
1: cool night night all right